God just gives me unusual titles and he, he just speaks to me in, you know, ways that I understand. So that phrase just kept going over and over in my heart this week. I'm like, Lord, what, are we, what am I supposed to share? And I just kept hearing that in my spirit. Oh, say, can you see? So we're going to jump off right from that phrase tonight. Now let me give you a little bit of a history lesson. Some of you may not know the Star Spangled Banner. If you go to any sporting event, you're going to hear it sung there and you hear it at different national events. But let me just give you the first uh, first refrain of that. Oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave. Or the land of the free and the home of the brave. I think we ought to all put our hands over our hearts and say amen. God bless America. Amen. Well, the background of the writing of that song, is it was written by a man by the name of Francis Scott T. Key, who was actually an American uh, lawyer, attorney. And what had happened was in the year of 1814, September of 1814, yes, got a little dark all of a sudden, Francis Scott Key was 35 years old. He had approached the British fleet that were in the Chesapeake Bay, and he was pleading on behalf of one of his friends that they would release him. And they had agreed to do so. But while he was on board the ship, he had discovered or he had learned that the British were getting ready to attack the Baltimore Harbor. So they wouldn't let him off of the ship. So he had to watch a week later. He had to watch as the Baltimore Harbor was under attack by the British. And as he watched on that September the 13th, 1814, he was concerned. Well, you know, he saw these bombs going and all this stuff. It looked like the British were going to take Fort McHenry in Baltimore Harbor. But can you imagine the the relief, the joy, the pride, the awareness of God's hand on our land that he felt when the next morning through the dawn's early light, He saw that the United States of America, the flag, was still flying. And I know that God gave him eyes to see, so he wrote this beautiful song, Star Spangled Banner. But he didn't just see our nation at that moment. God gave him an awareness, I believe, of the destiny upon our nation. Because the last refrain of the Star Spangled Banner says this, Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land, he knew God had rescued our land, praise the power that hath made and preserved us as a nation. God ordained the founding of our nation. And through all the battles, through all the conflict, even up to that point, he wrote those words, preserved us. 
as a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our model. In God we trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave. Or the land of the free and the home of the brave. I know this is an unusual way to start a message. But I want us to see. See God's hand on our nation. See God's hand in our life. See God's hand that has promised that he's going to pour out his glory over the whole earth. God is going to bless America. God has blessed America and will continue to do so because we are righteous and the righteous people are crying out for mercy. We're crying out for revival, for an awakening in our land. Oh, say, can you see what God has What God is and what God will do in this blessed nation. Can I get a witness? Amen. So we'll spend some time praying for our nation. We're going to spend some time praying in different venues tonight as well. And as I got that phrase, oh, say, can you see? You know, I like to just go look up definitions. These are, you think you would know these things, but just the word see. Listen to this. There's many definitions, but I like these. To visualize. To consider to be. To carry out to the end. As see the project through. God is going to see his vision fulfilled. God is going to see to it that the destiny of our nation is carried out. God is going to see to it that his plan, his will, and his purpose for your life stands. Can you see it? Can you visualize it? Can you consider it to be? What he has said shall all come to pass. The word has a lot to say about our eyes and the eyes of our heart seeing With the eyes of our heart. You and I as believers, we have two sets of eyes. We have these natural eyes that we see what's going on in the world around us. But we have the eyes of our spirit. The eyes of faith. With those we see the promises of God and we see them, yes, and amen. We see him to be a faithful Faithful God. Amen. What has God promised to do in our lives? Do you see what God has promised to us? Do you see what God has to say about the lost? He's got some things to say about the lost. Have you seen how God tells us to pray? How we are to declare His Word. Amen. For us to see, guess guess what? I read this recently. Light is necessary to see. You can't see. If we were to turn out all the lights in here, close all the doors, and it was pitch dark in here, you couldn't see, like they say, the nose on on your face. 
You couldn't see anything if you were really in pure darkness. So in order for us to see in the natural, there needs to be light. Have you ever laid in bed at night and tried to read and all the lights were out? Thank God now we have all of these devices, your iPad and all of this stuff and computers. If you want to lay in a dark room, you've got some light on that screen to read by. But if there are no lights in the room, no lights on your device, you're not going to be able to see. It's the same spiritually. Light is necessary to see. And that is why the enemy tries to keep people in the dark. Keep them in the dark about how good God is. Keep them in the dark about the promises to the believers. Keep people in the dark about what he wants to do in our nation. That's the work of the devil. The Bible says over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, in the Amplified Version, it says this, For the God of this world has blinded the unbeliever's mind that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing, here it is again, light, seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. Do you remember the day when the lights came on for you? Do you remember the day when you heard the gospel? The gospel is good news to a person sitting in darkness. And the light of the glorious gospel shines into their heart. It's good news. How many of you have heard the good news? And the lights went on. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful time. But that's why Satan tries to blind people. He blinds them with deception, with lies, with religion. Whatever he can use to keep them from seeing the illuminating light of the glorious gospel. I'm thankful, and I know you're thankful, that you've seen. Oh, say can you see. You've seen Jesus for the who He is, the Lord, the Savior, the Healer, the Restorer, the Prince of Peace. Can I get a hallelujah in here at least? Thank the Lord we've seen the light. We're not in the kingdom of darkness anymore. What happens when we get born again? We are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of what? Light. When you're in the light, you see some things. But folks, people are driving by right now. People that you work with tomorrow. Maybe even people that live in the same home with you. Some family members. There are millions of people that are sitting and living in darkness. Because the God of this world have blinded their eyes with darkness. Spiritual darkness brings dullness. And some people, they don't even know. 
that they need a Savior. They don't even know that they are spiritually dead. They are so bound by darkness. But we who are in the light, we, oh say, can you see? We that have seen, it is our responsibility. It's our honor, it's our privilege to work with heaven and to be his mouthpiece and to pray, pray that the blinders would fall off of the eyes, the spiritual eyes of those that are sitting in darkness. Pray that their eyes would be opened up and they would be able to see Jesus. Most people, if their vision was clear, And the lights were on. And they saw Jesus like we've seen him. They saw Jesus for who he truly is. A loving, compassionate, merciful Savior. They run to him. That's why we need to pray that Jesus will be lifted up. Pray that people will see Jesus. And that will draw them. That will glory. If he's glorified, people will come to him. I like something I heard Brother Jerry Savelle say recently. He said God's been stirring in his heart. Preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. Preach the cross. Preach the resurrection power that was exhibited when God raised Jesus. From the dead. There's many topics that need to be taught and preached in the body of Christ. But we cannot get away from what is the center of our lives. Jesus. Everybody lift your hands and say that name. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. We will preach Jesus. We will pray that people's eyes, the heart, eyes of their heart and understanding are opened up. Not to see us, but to see Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now over in Ephesians chapter 4, there's another interesting scripture along these lines. Verse 17 and 18. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, those of you that have seen the light, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. That's just another way of saying what we said. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them, but not us. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. How many of you in here are born again? Then that's not you. You're in the kingdom of God. You're in the kingdom of light. But even though we are born again and we're translated out of darkness into light, do you believe that there's more in this wonderful word yet to be seen. Oh, say, can you see? We need to see some more things. We need to see what God has given to us. We need to see who we are in Christ Jesus. 
We need to see the promises of God. One of the definitions, again, of, of light. To illuminate something that makes vision possible. And I don't think I gave that to you before. I gave you C. So listen to these definitions of light. Again, there's many. I like these two. To illuminate something that makes vision possible. I really like that one. Light is something that makes vision possible. We have a vision here at Heart of the Bay, but it it can't just be Pastor Mark's vision. The light needs to come on on the inside of all of us and say, yeah, I see that. I'm hooked up with that. Amen. Then we all, did you know that you need a vision for your life? We need to know that God's hand is upon us for good. He's got some wonderful things in store for every person. Proverbs 29:18 in the amplified said, "Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, what happens to the people? The people perish, but he who keeps the law of God, blessed, happy, fortunate, and envi- enviable is he." So this can be even talking about People that are born again, that are in the kingdom of light. You can be born again, but still perish for a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, my people, God's people destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We have to be good stewards of the Word of God. We have to know that, hey, I'm redeemed. He said destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they... No, wait, no, that's the wrong one. The other one that we were just looking at in Proverbs 29, 18, that's a good one, that they have no vision because they don't have any redemptive revelation. How many in here know you're redeemed? Well, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So say it. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We need to declare who we are. Redemptive revelation. Try this one on for size. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I have authority in the name of Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you just meditate on that scripture in Philippians chapter 4 on a daily basis, when new challenges come up at work or at school or whatever you may be facing, that'll be on the inside of you. That's a redemptive revelation. The knowledge that I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Is that good news or what? Knowing He is in me. He is with me. He is for me. His anointing rests upon me. How are we going to find out these things that we just confessed? We're going to need to look into the mirror of the Word of God. The Word brings light. Light 
produces illumination. Light makes vision possible. Now, one of the best ways to pray for yourself and to pray for baby Christians or Christians, maybe they've been a Christian a long time, but they're not walking in their redemptive revelation, is to pray the Ephesians prayers. The book of Ephesians is made up of six chapters, and it's broken down into three parts. Chapters 1 through 3 deal with the wealth of the believer. What we have in Christ Jesus. And oh, what we have. It's awesome. Nothing lacking. It's everything that we need. The wealth of the believer. Then chapter 4 and 5 in Ephesians deal with the walk of the believer. Walk worthy of him that has called you. And it tells us, gives us some instructions on how to walk and how to live. And then chapter 6 deals with the welfare of the believer, putting on the whole armor of God. So tonight, we're going to look at some of these prayers in the book of Ephesians. And because I have my King James Bible, I'm going to read them out of the King James. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 23, through 23. This is a prayer. Again, pray it for yourself. Put your name in there. Pray it for loved ones that you want to see them grow and develop in the things of God. How many of us, could you believe you could see more? You could go higher. You could go to different levels in Him. This is the Apostle Paul writing here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. See, this is a prayer. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then what did he say when he prayed those prayers? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. You could put your name in there or say, give unto me. Personalize it. Give unto me. Or if you're praying for one, your husband or your wife or, or some kids or something, put their name in there. Give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What are we talking about? We're talking about seeing. Look at this next verse. The eyes of your, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. That I may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And where is he seated Where are you seated spiritually? The devil's not above you. The circumstances of life are not on top of you. This is where you are seated. Your rightful position. Read it with me. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. 
Now, who is the head of the body of Christ? Jesus is the head. But we're in that same body with him. In this body are their feet. Well, look at this. Verse 22. He hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. To who? Look at your neighbor and say, you know, you're the church. The church. The next verse, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So if all things are under his feet, guess what? All things are under our feet. We've been given dominion. We've been raised up and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. Oh, Holy Spirit, let the light bulbs go on in this place tonight. Let there be illumination. Oh, let us see. Let us see who we truly are. Let us see where we're seated. That's the welfare of the believer. Let us see the riches of this great inheritance. That has been bestowed upon us. Verse 18 in the Amplified. I don't know if anybody else is getting happy, but I'm happy. Now, how does this happen again? Let's just, the Amplified amplifies it. 18. By having the eyes of your heart. Say this with me. Read it with me. Flooded with light. What are we talking about Seeing, flooded with light. Let's continue reading. So that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones. Let's just stop there for a minute. Take this in. He said, I want the eyes of your heart to be flooded with light. What did we say about light? Light causes you to have something that makes vision possible. Light flooded with understanding so that we can know who we are in Him. Called. He has called us into service. Amen. Hallelujah. And So that we can grasp our rich inheritance. Now verse 19 in the Amplified. And so that you can know and understand. Doesn't that sound like seeing to you again? Know and understand. What are we supposed to know and understand? You've got to say these words with me. What is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of of his power. Now, is his power just in heaven? Listen to this. We got un- immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power. But where is his power? In and for us who believe, as demonstrating in the working of his mighty strength. Woo! Do this to yourself. Say, God's power power is in me. me. God's power power is demonstrated demonstrated 
in me, for me, and through me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, verse over, let's go over to chapter 3. Again, this is another prayer, and I don't think that we're going to read all of it. Let me just see what verses I want to use. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's just look like at verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, this again is seeing, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height And to know, here's something else he wants us to know, not just the riches. Know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's one of our redemptive revelations. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves the world. He's not willing that any should perish. This love, so great a love, wherewith he hath loved us. He hath called us to demonstrate it. And to show it to those around us. Hallelujah. Jesus loves us. Yes, he does. Ephesians 3.20. Let's look at it in the Amplified. Now... To him who by and in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, he's able to carry out his purpose. Did you know that? We said that in the beginning. Oh, say, can you see? God's plan for your life. He's able to carry it out. God's plan and purpose for raising up this great nation. It shall be fulfilled. It shall be carried out and not just barely make it. We're not going to just barely slide into heaven or barely make the rapture or our nation is just not going to barely hang on in the end. That's not my confession. That's not our possession. This is how God's going to carry out his purpose. Do it super abundantly, far over and above all that we can dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Can, you, can I get a witness? God will do that. He wants to do it in our lives. But as we get ready to wind down here tonight, I want us just to switch over here. That power is at work in us, for us. And through us. He wants us to stretch. And to expand. To see that what God has done for us. He'll do for others. How God redeemed us. How God picked us up. He wants to do it for other people. And I think sometimes when we've been a Christian. For quite a while. That it's easy just to kind of begin to think, well, you know, you, you, your family might be all saved, your friends might be saved, and we get in our little saved circle and sometimes forget that there's a lot of people that aren't saved. I know Pastor and I have been talking about it recently. We want to stir ourselves up that God is a good God. What He's done for others, what He's done for me, He wants to do for others. 
our vision here at Heart of the Bay, we're talking about, oh, say, can you see? We've got light and illumination to see who we are in the Word of God. And the vision here at Heart of the Bay, it's very simple. Reach the lost, heal the hurting, and mature the believer. But notice what's first. Reach the lost. We can never lose that heart. And seeing people like Jesus sees them. Sometimes when I get stuck in traffic, and nobody likes to get stuck in traffic, but I've been stuck in traffic on 880 and wanting to complain, and ah, all these people get out of my way, and oh, you're, you don't you know how to drive, and you know all these comments that we like to say to people that they can't hear us. <laughs> Sometimes it's a good thing they can't. But many times when I start complaining about all these people in my neighborhood, all these people on the freeway, It just comes up on the inside of me. Don't despise your harvest. Don't despise your harvest. Those are people that need to know me. Those are people that you should pray for. Pray that the eyes of their understanding would be lightened. Pray that the blinders would come off of their eyes. How many people in the Bay Area, in our nation, are bound by false religions around the world? They're worshiping a dead God. They're bound by tradition and ritualism. But we can pray. We can pray that the eyes of their understanding would be flooded with light. Jesus, this is what he knew that he came to do. It's found in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. But before we look at that, let me give you a little background. Jesus was anointed to do these things. And when he made this statement, it was not just a random statement one day as he was walking along the roads there. He purposely went to the synagogue in Nazareth where he was brought up. He took the scrolls and he found the place where this passage was written. Luke wasn't written when Jesus walked here on the earth, but Isaiah was. And he, being brought up a good little Jewish boy, from the time he was five till probably 13, they studied the Torah. They knew the Bible. They knew the scripture. And he knew, you can look it up later, in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 7, he knew that that's who he was. He, can you imagine talking about the lights going on? We need to read the Word of God and see ourselves in here. Can you imagine when Jesus began to read the scriptures and the description of his birth was in there, the description of his ministry, his death described in Psalms, and he began to read the scriptures and he knew the word. And he was like, that's me. I see. Oh, say. He did see. He saw himself in the scriptures. He knew who he was, what he was called to do, his purpose for coming to the earth. So that day, when he took that scroll 
of the book of Isaiah. And he turned it over or rolled it out. However they did it, he rolled it out to Isaiah chapter 42. This is what he read. And we see it in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I want to read it in the Amplified. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. The anointed one. I mean, he was bold about it. I'm the Messiah. I've been anointed to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He, my father, has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. What are we talking about tonight? Seeing. Recovery of sight to the blind. That can be referring to blind eyes in the natural. We're anointed, we're appointed to lay hands on those that are blind that they would see. But I believe this day he's talking about recovery of sight to those that are spiritually blind. That they'll see who I am. That's how we still need to be praying today. Recovery of sight to the blind. Those that are blind and don't see Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. He's not a way. He's the way. No man comes unto the Father except through Him. So He said today, I'm anointed. Woo! To announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are trod, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity. I'm here to proclaim. The accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. The day. Oh, don't you like this? The day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That's our day. We were born in the day. Hallelujah. When whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We were born in this day when free favors of God abound to whosoever will call upon him. Jesus declared it that day. This is why I'm here. The religious leaders didn't hear it. They got mad. But you know, I am confident that there were people in that synagogue that day that said, I believe he is the Messiah. There is an anointing on him. Oh, Jesus, here I am. Set me free. Hallelujah. And that same anointing that was on him, it's on us. We're anointed to set the captives free. We're anointed to cause the blind to see, both physically and spiritually. You and I are anointed. That's why we got to know who we are. we got to see who we are in Christ, because then we will see what we are commissioned to do. We will see who we represent. 
We will see that we are His ambassadors. We are His hand extended. We are His mouthpiece. Most people sitting out here tonight will never stand behind a pulpit. But you are called to preach, to proclaim the good news. Many people are not comfortable going out on the streets in confrontational evangelism. And that's one way. Thank God for it. But you don't have to do that to reach the lost. You can hand out a tract. You can just say, Jesus loves you. You can invite people to church. Well, what I had so strong in my heart tonight, we're anointed, we're appointed to be his ambassadors, to help people see who Jesus is. The best place for that to start is in prayer. Because when we are impassioned to pray, you know what happens? When you pray for somebody, they get in your heart. You may not even know them by name. But when you start to pray for the lost, it's amazing how people come across your path. You start praying, God, give me eyes to see. Oh, God, let me see how that person, oh, they're hurting. They might be one of those described as downtrodden, crushed. People are crushed by life. People are bruised. People are beat up. And we pass them every day and don't even notice. I say we. I'm talking about me, too. I'm not angry at anybody. I'm just wanting the Holy Spirit to get this point across. But when we will pray, open the eyes of our heart, Lord, it starts with us seeing who we are in Him, but it shouldn't end there. We've learned about faith. And thank God for the message of faith and how to live in victory and to be overcomers. You know, the main reason that God gave us faith is to use our faith for other people, to reach people. We can't make ourselves desire to pray for the lost or to witness to the lost. But I know this from the word and from experience. Prayer gives us sight. Prayer gives us his vision. Prayer gives us his view of hurting, sighing, dying humanity. When I read that in Luke 4 tonight, I know some of you are saying, but that's me. I'm crushed. I'm downtrodden. I'm beat up. And I realize all of us face difficulties in our life. But I can tell you for sure, if we will learn to pray for other people, give, and it shall be given unto you. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to give of ourselves in prayer.